Amen. If you have your Bible tonight, I want to invite you, this morning rather, I want to invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And this morning I want to talk to you about the choice of worry, the choice of worry. I thought about beginning the message by just giving you a list of reasons why you could worry, uh, but uh, I was afraid it would just push some of you over the edge. <laughs> I know that, uh, that we have a propensity to worry. That's something that uh, almost seems as if it comes natural to us. We are worriers. Well, what exactly do we mean when we talk about worry? I think its essence is this, worry is a fear of the future. Worry is when we ponder something, we dwell on something uh, that is painful or that is uh, something that we fear is going to be a difficult circumstance that may or may not even happen, but worry is when we look into the future and we bring some of that pain back into the present. We anticipate the pain and the difficulty of the future and we invite it to the present. Worry is a lot like having a heavy load on our backs. If you were to put on a 30 pound backpack, you'd be able to feel it immediately. But over the course of the day, that would be a bigger and bigger burden. It would become heavier and heavier because, because of the, just the, 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 the frustration and, and because you're tired and because it's difficult and, and worry is like that. And the longer we hold on to worry, the more difficult it is. But worry is not just something that is a bother. Worry is a dangerous thing. Worry can be physically unhealthy. I read this last week on WebMD that worry can contribute to heart disease, asthma, obesity, diabetes, headaches, gastrointestinal problems, Alzheimer's disease, accelerated aging, and premature death. Okay? Worry can be a serious, dangerous thing. But worry is not dangerous just physically. Worry can be dangerous mentally and emotionally. Worry, it seems, is somewhat of a gateway condition that can lead a person to greater stress, that can lead a person even to panic attacks and sometimes depression. Uh, worry can be dangerous for us mentally and emotionally. And then spiritually, worry can become a cancer on our spiritual life. And we'll see that in the text that we're going to read this morning. And so today I want us to look at Philippians chapter 4, just two verses here, and I want to see a worry map. I want you to see that not only does, uh, does the Bible give us some information about worry, but the Bible gives us a decision-making map. It, it, it tells us that we can do this and this will happen, or we can do this other thing and something else will happen. It gives us a map that will help us to avoid the danger of worry. And so look with me in Philippians chapter four, and I want to begin reading in verse six. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You got that? Let's look at it again because the, the, all of those parts, almost every single word there is critical if we're going to go down the right path and we're going to avoid the choice of worry. He says, don't worry about what? Anything. Don't worry about anything, but in what? Everything. 
But in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what will happen? It says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if you open your outline, you're going to really need that this morning. I want to help you draw out this map that will help you avoid the choice of worry. Now, if you're watching us on the internet this morning, and I know a lot of people uh, are, uh, if you will be watching us in our television broadcast, you're going to need a piece of paper because you're going to want to draw some of this out. And this will become a tool that I believe will help you, a Bible tool that will help you uh, to avoid worry in the days to come. So the first thing I want you to see is that we are in the midst of life. And so write life down in the very first uh, box that you see there. We are in the midst of life. Now life is going to have some difficulties. Do you know that? There, there are going to be some hardships. Life is not always going to be smooth. Uh, some of that is because we live in a fallen world because of sin. Our world has been corrupted. Some of that is because God occasionally is the author of difficulty because he's trying to form in us the character of Christ. But life is difficult. Now we face a choice. And so life is life, but what are we going to do when difficulties come? If you look back at the scripture text, the very first word in verse six is the word don't, don't, do not. Now that tells us that we have a decision to make. Anytime the Bible gives us an imperative, anytime the Bible tells us we need to do something, that tells us we've got a choice to make. We can do it or we can do something else, but anytime the Bible commands us to do something, that means we have a choice. And so that's why after the word life, I've got two different arrows, because some people will take the difficulties of life and go one direction, and some people will take the difficulties of life and go a different direction. So we have a choice. Now, the next, uh, the next word I want you to fill in is the word worry. Because one of the choices that you can make is to choose to worry. Worry is a choice. It's not just something that happens uh, because of the whim of the circumstances that we face. Worry is a choice. And so when you face difficulties, when the future looks difficult, you can choose to worry about that, to dwell on the pain, to bring that future pain into the present. You can choose to worry. Now, what happens if you choose to worry? Well, let's look back at the scripture text because I want you to see that this, uh, this outline, this roadmap comes right from scripture. He says, don't worry about anything. So one of our choices is worry, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so if we, if we choose the other thing, which we'll get to in a moment, then our hearts will be guarded by the peace of God. But if we choose to worry, the scripture says, then we will have an unguarded heart. If we worry, our hearts will be unguarded. We have an enemy. Uh, we, we have uh, uh, an adversary. And he is seeking ways to bring pain and difficulty into our lives. And if we choose to worry, we open up our lives to that adversary. Imagine if you lived in some dangerous part of some dangerous city in America, 
maybe you lived in inner city Chicago or Detroit, and you just decided that not only were you going to leave your door unlocked, you were just going to leave it open all the time. Now, how smart would that be for your safety and the safety of your family? It would not be smart at all. That's a dangerous place. But what the Bible says, if I choose worry, then I have left the door of my heart. I have left the door of who I am on the inside, the place where I guard my joy, the, the, the place from, from where my attitudes come. I have left my heart unguarded. I, my, the, the door to my heart is open for any adversary that might come my way. And so one choice I have is to worry, and if I worry, I will have an unguarded heart. But the good news is there's another choice. I could choose to pray. If we look back at uh, verse six, it says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so that means I should pray. So I either worry or I pray. We'll see in a moment how those are exclusive things. It's one or the other, worry or pray, but that's the second choice I could make. I could choose to pray. Now, what happens if I choose to pray? Well, then I will have a guarded heart. Right there in verse seven, it says, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So I, I just want you to see this, uh, th this clear outline. So we're going through life, we face difficulties. You can worry, which will lead to an unguarded heart, or you can pray, which will lead to a guarded heart. Which one are we going to do? Now, let's go back and, and, and let's spend some time on each of these four things because the scripture has more to say about each of these. And I think as we do this and we fill in some of the blanks, this will make more sense to you. First of all, let's talk about worry. When we worry, there are three things that are true of us. First of all, we have unbelief. When you worry, you're expressing, whether you realize it or not, that you don't believe in God. I mean, we hear of people who call themselves skeptics, people who, uh, who say that they don't believe that God is real or that God is sovereign, that God is good. And, uh, and, and we wouldn't consider, most of us wouldn't consider ourselves a skeptic at all. That's why you're here this morning, because you, 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 you seek to worship and honor the Lord. But when we worry about something, what, we, what we're doing is we're expressing unbelief. We're saying about that one thing, whatever it is you're worrying about, you're saying about that one thing, I don't believe that either God can handle it, that he has the ability to handle it, or I don't believe that God has enough concern for me to handle it. it, it, it so somebody has said it this way. When we worry, we're either A, calling God stupid by saying he doesn't know how to meet my need, or B, we're calling God weak because we're saying that he isn't able to meet our need. Or three, we're calling God a liar. He won't keep his word when he promises to meet our need. And so if I'm worried about um, my oldest daughter going to college, and I'm, I, you know, I could be tempted to worry about that, and I worry about what'll happen, be a thousand miles away, it'll be a new environment and a new situation. And so if I'm worried about that, then what I'm saying is I don't believe that God can handle that. Now, I'm not a full-blown skeptic. I believe in God. That's why we're here this morning. But in that limited, narrow point of view, I'm exercising unbelief. I don't believe 
God. And so we need to just recognize worry for what it is. Worry is unbelief. Secondly, worry is sin. Worry is sin. We usually think, I think it's common to think that worry is just the natural reaction to circumstances in, in life. And, and when something is coming up that's difficult, you're going to the doctor to get the results of some test. You're going to the internal revenue service because of an audit. You've got a meeting with the boss. Something's coming up that could potentially be difficult. And we think just the natural response to that is to worry. But the Bible says, no, worry is sin. When the Bible commands us not to do something, that by its very definition means it's a sin. And you know, Jesus said the same thing. He, he, he called worry a sin over in Matthew chapter 6 and had quite a bit to say about the sin of worry. Worry is a sin. Now, now the problem here, and, and the reason why we don't often think of it in, in, in those terms is because we don't know the opposite of the sin. You know, if you're going to successfully battle a temptation or a sin, You've got to know what is the opposite of that. And so if to do this is sin, then what should I do instead? And, and so that's w- one of the reasons why this is such a helpful passage of scripture, because he, he tells us that worry is a sin, but he also tells us what the opposite of worry is. What does he say here is the opposite of worry? The opposite of worry is prayer. You either worry or you pray. You worry or you pray. Those are opposites. But worry is a sin. The third thing you should know about worry is that it's, it's pagan. It's pagan. What do we mean by pagan? Pagan means it's, it, it's something that people who are not children of God do. In fact, Jesus said, listen to this, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and 32. Jesus said, don't worry. Don't say what will we eat and what will we drink or what will we wear. For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things And your heavenly father knows that you need them. Jesus said, when you worry, you're acting like a lost person. You know, if you're lost, if God is not your heavenly father, if you don't have a firm belief that God loves you and that you are his child and that God is sovereign and that God is in control and that God is looking out for you, then there are plenty of reasons to worry, right? If, if I wasn't a child of God, I'd worry about all kinds of things. I'd worry about my health. I'd worry about my family. I'd worry about safety. I'd worry about dying. I'd worry about finances. I'd worry about all kinds of things if I weren't a child of God, but I am. And so what Jesus says, when you worry, you're acting like someone who doesn't know Christ. And so worry is pagan. So, so, so let's, now that we understand worry a little bit, let's go to the, to the consequences of worry, the unguarded heart. So it says, if I worry, then my heart is going to be unguarded. Now your heart is that, you know, that inner part of who you are that determines your attitude, your joy, uh, that determines um, uh, just the spirit within you. And so your heart is unguarded. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. So the Bible says the devil has schemes. He has a strategy uh, to bring you down. The the Bible says that he is like a roaring lion looking for whom he may devour. 
we, we need to understand that if our hearts are unguarded, we are in a dangerous place. We are in a dangerous place. And so what will happen if your heart is unguarded? If you worry, if you embrace worry, if you choose to worry, what's, what's going to happen? Well, let me tell you three things that, that may happen. First of all, doubt. Doubt will come into your life. When you talk to somebody, and this isn't the only reason why a person can be filled with doubt. It is not the only reason. But when you talk to a person who just doubts God in general, they doubt that God is real, that God loves them, that God is in control, oftentimes that doubt started with worry. Because worry is, um, is, is doubt in a specific area, right? Worry is when you don't believe God's going to take care of a specific area. So maybe I'm worried that, uh, uh, that, that God's not going to take care of me when something happens next year. And so I, I'm, I'm doubting God in that narrow slice of life. That's worry. But that kind of doubt inevitably will spread. And it'll spread from one area of life to another area to another area until our life can be just overcome with doubt. And so the, 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 the strategy of Satan, when we have an unguarded heart, because we're worrying, we, we, we have just left our heart wide open to the schemes of the devil. One of the things he will do is he will cause doubt to spread and spread and spread like a cancer. It will undermine your very Christian foundation. Secondly, when we leave our hearts unguarded, it'll bring temptation, temptation. Everybody longs for peace. Everybody wants to have peace. That's, that's just what everybody wants. Saved, lost, everybody wants peace in their heart. They don't want to be worried. They don't want to be anxious. They don't want to be fearful. They want peace. Now, we, we've seen in verse 7 that if we pray, then the peace of God will guard our hearts. So if we pray instead of worry, we'll have peace. If you don't have peace, you will search for it somewhere. You, you, you have in you and I have in me such a desire for peace that we will, we will search for it somewhere. And if we don't get peace from God, we'll get peace somewhere else. We'll, we'll, we'll get peace from alcohol. We'll get peace from illicit relationships. We'll get, we'll, we'll get peace from pornography. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get peace from materialism. We'll, we'll get peace from, from trying to be accepted by everybody around us. If, if we don't get peace from God, we will get it from somewhere or we will look for it somewhere else. And it just opens us up to temptation. And a person who is worrying, I'm telling you, they're just a step away from ruin because temptation, it's just a, a wide open game in their lives. And so temptation is one of the consequences of an unguarded heart. A third consequence is discouragement. You see, when we worry, it robs us of hope. Now, hope is, uh, biblical hope is not the same thing as uh, what we often think about as hope. You know, today, for many people, hope is like a wish. Like, I hope it doesn't rain today. I, I wish for it not to rain today. Well, biblical hope means something else. Biblical hope means that you have a firm assurance that something is going to happen. But what happens when we worry is it erodes that assurance. It erodes, it, it, it weakens the hope 
that we have, that firm assurance that God will take care of me and God will take care of my family. And, and, and no matter what comes, God, I am a child of the King. God will take care of me. It erodes that hope. And when you lose hope, what replaces it? Discouragement. If you don't have hope, you will have discouragement. One or the other. And so if you worry, it will erode your hope and that hope will be replaced with discouragement. If you have an unguarded heart, uh, you will experience doubt, temptation, and discouragement. But now let's go back in our, our outline because there was another choice. We could choose worry, but we could also choose to pray. We could choose to pray. Now let's spend some time on that. What would it look like if we, if we chose to, to pray? Let me tell you some things about prayer. Four things quickly. First of all, it's exclusive. This is an exclusive thing. What, what I mean by that is it's either or. If you look back at the scripture text, he says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray. See, that word but means that this is an exclusive equation. You can, you can worry or you can pray. You can't do both. It's like getting out here on North Street. You can either go north or south, right? You can't go both directions. It's, you got to make a choice one way or the other. You got to turn left or right. And, and so in life, when difficulties come, you can either worry or pray. Worry or pray. This is an exclusive thing. I was reading this week uh, just what several uh, scholars and uh, Bible teachers and commentators have written about this. And D.A. Carson uh, said this, I have yet to meet a chronic worrier who also enjoys an excellent prayer life. Uh, Dr. Carson said, I, I've never met a person who both worried and prayed. I mean, they really worried and they really prayed. He said, I've never met that person. Why is it? Because they're exclusive. That, that's what he says here. You don't worry about anything, but instead of that, go the other direction down the road, pray for everything. So it's exclusive. The next thing I want you to know about prayer is it's, it's comprehensive. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray. Now, what is everything? Because let's, it doesn't really mean everything, right? It doesn't mean, Lord, help me to successfully take this next breath. <sighs> All right, Lord, help me successfully stick my left foot out as I walk that direction. It doesn't mean to pray about every tiny little thing, but it's talking about everything in the context of worry. Anything that you could possibly worry about, that's what you ought to pray about. Don't worry about anything, but in everything. That anything and everything are connected. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray. So I think about my oldest daughter going to college next week. So um, there are a lot of ways I could worry. I uh, could worry that somebody would take advantage of her, a thousand miles away, new place, uh, new environment. I could worry that she could get discouraged in a class. I, I could worry that she uh, might, um, you know, oversleep and miss, a, miss an exam. I, I, I could worry. So I've, I've got a lot of things I could worry about. So how should I pray? How should I pray? Well, I shouldn't pray like this. Lord, protect Hannah as she goes to college. Amen. 
Now, what's wrong with that prayer? It's not as specific as my worry. And so I, I need to pray about everything I, I would worry about. And, and if, I, if I would worry about somebody taking advantage of her, I need to pray about that specifically. Now, see, some people, even a while ago when I said you can't pray and worry, some of you are thinking, oh, yes, you can. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. Okay? It, it's, it's because your prayer is not specific as your worry. You, you, it needs to be comprehensive. You need to pray about everything you could possibly worry about. The next thing is thankful. Our prayer should be thankful. We should express thanksgiving with humility while we pray. And I'm going to say more about this as we take the Lord's Supper in a moment or two. And so the, the fourth word is specific. And I've, I've really said this when I talked about it being comprehensive. Prayer should be as specific as, as you worry. Pray about everything that you would worry about. That's comprehensive. Let it be. If you could possibly worry about it, pray about it. Comprehensive. And then you get as specific in your praying as you possibly could in your worry. If you're worried about these nine things that could happen, then guess what? That ought to be the outline of your prayer. You need to pray about all nine things that you would be worried about. Our, our, our prayer must be as specific as our, as our worry. You know, if you look back at verse, uh, verse six, it's interesting. If you just... It, it, you know, sometimes it's helpful to dive into the details and we've done some of that, but sometimes it's, it's helpful to take a step back and look at the verse. And so verse six, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer. So that's prayer and petition. What is petitions? Anybody know that's prayer, right? Petitions, just another way of saying prayer. So don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, which is also prayer with thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, that's prayer too, right? That's a, that's a way that we pray. And then it says, present your requests to God. That's prayer, right? And so if you just take a, a broader look at this verse, it says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, with prayer and prayer, with prayer, pray. I mean, just over and over and over, it's, it's sending us this message. The truth is clear. You can either worry or you can pray. You can worry or you can pray. Now let's look at what happens if we pray. And this is verse seven. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It will lead, a guarded heart will lead to peace surpassing all understanding. Now I want you to know how wonderful this is. Because I think this is one of those phrases that we just... I mean, everybody's heard it, right? You've heard peace that passes understanding, peace that passes understanding. But I don't know if we really know what it means. What does it mean, peace that passes understanding? Now, when you hear this, this is what you're going to want. And that's why this whole roadmap, that's why I hope you've written this down. Because I want you to use this as a, as a, as a Bible tool to help you when you begin to worry. You're tempted to worry. Peace that passes understanding. Now, there is some peace that we can understand. He says, this is a peace that we can't understand. A peace that, that surpasses understanding means a peace you can't understand. Now there is a peace you can understand. Okay, if life is perfect and uh, you're healthy and everybody in your family is healthy, you got plenty of money in the bank, all of your relationships are filled with joy, you're about to go on a six month vacation in the Bahamas. I mean, work is fulfilling. Everything is perfect. You would have 
a kind of peace. Now that's a peace that you can understand, right? Because you would feel, I've got peace, why do I have peace? Well, because I'm healthy, because, uh, uh, be, you know, uh, because my family is good, because uh, relationships, because money, I have peace. That's a peace from understanding. We can understand that peace. That's not what he promises us here. What he says is that instead of worry, if I will pray, the peace of God will guard my heart from the schemes of, of Satan. And he will give me a peace that you can't understand. That means a peace that lasts even when your health is not good. Even when the money is short. Even when the relationships are strained. Even with the job is, is, uh, is tentative. See, what he's saying is, is that if instead of worry, if you'll choose to pray like this, you will experience a peace that doesn't have anything to do with the circumstances of life. You will have a peace that the people around you will not understand. What, why is he so peaceful? His life is falling apart. Why is he so peaceful? Now, we're all going to face tough things in life. There's no question there. But there is a question here. Will you have peace in the midst of that? And what he promises us here is that you can have a peace that's beyond anything anybody can explain because it's a peace that comes from the Father. Now, let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. We're going to partake of the Lord's Supper in just a few minutes, but we're going to have a brief invitation first. And what I want to do in this invitation time is I want to ask you to make a commitment to the Lord that you're not going to go down the path of worry but you're going to go down the path of prayer because you don't want to end up with doubt and temptation and discouragement that come from an unguarded heart, but you want to have the guarded heart and experience the peace that passes all understanding. Father, teach us this lesson. Impress it upon our hearts so that we don't forget it. Father, that's why we've used this strange tool this morning of this funny outline Father, I, I just want your Holy Spirit to, to, to be able to hang this in, on our heart, to, to, to write it indelibly on our hearts such that when we are tempted to worry, that we will choose to pray. And that our peace will be a banner declaring the goodness and the faithfulness of our God to everybody around us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we just sing and respond to the Lord.